You are listening to Moving On With Pain, the podcast. This podcast is presented by the Danish Society for Pain and Physiotherapy. This episode is created with and for the European Pain Federation, EFIC. If you'd like to watch the following content in video format, you can visit the EFIC Facebook page and head to videos. We hope you enjoy today's episode. So, welcome back to EFIC Facebook Live here from Valencia, the European Pain Congress. Uh, my name is Dr. Morten Hoey, and I have the pleasure here in the studio to invite or talk to Professor Mira Mews. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> difficult. <Yeah. laughs> How do you pronounce it? Mews. Mews. But it's uh, a difficult one. It is. Yeah. Well, for me it is anyways. Yeah. Um, so, you're from Belgium? Yes, indeed. And you were originally trained as a physiotherapist. Yeah. But you did your PhD in 2008, yeah. which was also the year when Barack Obama was the first president, uh, was okay. the president of the United uh-huh. States. Yeah. Um, and then only a year later, 2009 yeah. uh-huh. ish, you were a professor. Uh, or I, 10? I don't exactly remember uh, which 2010 or 2011, yeah. something like but that. But anyways, yeah. that is really quick. How does anyone get about to be a professor with such a sh- short career? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I got the luck to have a very good supervising team and a very good supervisor, uh, Jonas, uh, who supervised me really well and gave me a lot of chances and um, really created a, a, a huge network, an international network. So uh, we had a lot of opportunities um, to write grants and obtain fundings. And then um, we, we founded the Pain Emotion Research Group, which is an international research group um, with the multidisciplinary um, research is all about chronic pain and central sensation. So we have a complete team now with a lot of PhD students and postdocs. So it, it makes quite critical mass to to write for fundings and publish and get exposed. So I think that's a bit of the of the, of the success we have right now. And a lot of the work you've done within that group is also about educating patients about pain. Yes, indeed. Um, and we, I would love to talk to you about that maybe later. Mm-hmm. But today we'll try and stick to exercise and pain, which we'll come right back to. Okay. Um, but what would you say is your specific field within research? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that's a question every researcher has to pose himself, I guess. <laughs> um, I think I have two main ex- expertise or two main interests and one is really about um, endogenous pain modulation both during rest and activity so it means that um, a lot of my research is about conditioned pain modulation and an exercise induced analgesia and the other uh, topic of interest is really about the effects of pain neuroscience education so a bit two different topics um, but we try to combine them yeah <laughs> yeah so do you see there's an overlap between the two um, <laughs> I think the goal of, of pain neuroscience education is one of the first goals is also to, to desensitize the central nervous system a bit and to prepare patients for going to exercise and exercise therapy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's part of the treatment that we can use for those patients with central sensitization and malfunctioning of, of pain inhibition. And I think now in a lot of our studies, we're combining those. So we, we give treatments and then uh, before and afterwards, we measure all kinds of um, in dishes of central sensitization, like conditioned pain modulation and like exercise-induced analgesia, so that that's a way to combine them. So there was a lot of jargon in this one. So let me just let oh, me yes. just yeah. cut it up. No, it's yeah. fine. 
So the, the thing I, I would like for you to maybe explain to us yeah. is this descending modulation. Okay. What is that about? So imagine yeah. you're talking to a lay person okay. at, a, uh, at a dinner table. Yeah, okay. And so um, from the brain down to the periphery, to the structures in the periphery like muscles and, and joints and things like that. So that from the brain top down, there are some descending tracts in, 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 in the spinal cord. That, so um, which are like nerve cells basically going yeah. from the brain and yeah. down to wherever the, the nerve cells from yeah, the body it's, it's, come it's in. Yeah, it's the spinal cord, but they are they are able to dampen or to filter all the information that is coming from the periphery. So if there is coming danger messages from your knee into the spinal cord, in fact, the descending tracts are able to dampen that and filter that information that not all information, not all danger messages are going up to the brain. So because it's only when it arrives in the brain that it's pain. So and it's important that not all information that is coming from the periphery is going instantly to the brain because then, yeah, it would be complete uh, chaos over there. Yeah. So it's uh, important that we have descending tracts that can filter all those noise coming up. Um, and we have different paradigms to assess the efficacy. Just hang on there. So let me just summarize. If yeah. I got this right, so when whenever something is coming in, so you call them danger signals, it uh -huh. could be basically any anything coming in. So if I hit my knee on something and there's a signal going up yeah. my nerve cell to my back or the spinal cord, uh -huh. then that's, that signal is likely to go to my head, my brain, and then I'll perceive it as maybe pain in my knee. But what you're saying is that there's also another system or a, a existing system that works uh, at the same time, which sends messages down the spinal cord yeah, so that whatever happens to my knee is not necessarily what I feel, uh -huh. but it could I could feel more or I could feel less depending on how these yeah. these it's neurons the, yeah. from uh, nerve cells from the brain interact. Yeah. Would that be fair to, to summarize it's in, it? It's indeed interaction between what's going up and top-down systems, yeah. and that's going to be determining what kind of information and how much of the information from the periphery finally ends up in the brain and may be interpreted as pain. Yeah, so pain is by the final what is you experiencing and the whole thing, brain pain, we don't really know. Okay, but, but in terms of, you, you were just in a breakout session. Yeah. Not, I think maybe only a few hours ago. Uh -huh. And um, during these sessions, it's very common for people to take a photo and put it on Twitter or Facebook or somewhere. And uh, for some reason that I hope you can explain us in a minute, um, your presentation was really highly rated. So oh, lots of yeah. people shared it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm wondering, what did you say in there that made people <laughs> go know. crazy on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, nice to hear that. I didn't know that. W um, would you start telling what was the title, what was the topic of yeah. your talk? So it was one of the, of the lectures in a, a session about exercise. So it was in the Ethic on the Move campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and my topic was really about pain, neuroscience education and exercise. And I really had to talk about how we um, can solve some barriers to exercise because we all know that exercise therapy on the long term has beneficial effects for chronic pain patients, but it's really difficult sometimes to get them exercising because a lot, of, a lot yeah, often there are flare-ups or patients are fearful for doing exercise. So there are a lot of barriers 
And I try to explain how we can solve some of these barriers and, and prepare or prime your patient to go to exercise therapy. That that was, I think, yeah. the main topic of my talk. Yeah, so, so you were in this group within the EFIC yeah. who've developed new material that just came out. So there will be like videos and there are different materials yes. indicating or suggesting that it's good for people to exercise. And even if you have chronic pain, yeah. there might be beneficial things to get from it, even yes. if it doesn't happen your pain down. Yeah. But your talk was about how to make it easier for people with pain mm -hmm. to also do exercise. Yeah. Is, that, is that correct? Yeah. So what's the take-home message? The take what would I tweet if mm -hmm. I was listening to your talk? Yeah. Um, I think the same take-home message is, is, is mainly for clinicians, um, how they can prepare their patients for exercise. That it's very important that, um, first of all, um, you identify some barriers in the patient. Why is it so difficult to go to exercise or to adhere to exercise? Um, and so, the, first of all, is that we should know about the perceptions of the patients about their pain and about, their ex about exercise, because often um, for patients, pain is a sign of threat or damage. And exercise is a modality to load musculoskeletal um, tissues. And if you have pain during exercise, it might be a sign of further damage or new damage. That's often it's interpreted like that. Yeah. And is, is that the case? No, <laughs> definitely not. So that's what I was trying to explain. But first of all, I think as a clinician, it's important that you try to find out what are the perceptions of the patient? Are they really thinking in that way about pain and exercise? Uh, because if so, it's very important to um, re-educate them and give new information and new insights and more modern insights in both pain and exercise yep. because how people think about something is very determining for the behavior of a patient so if you think that there is something completely wrong and it's very dangerous to move then you're not going to move so it's very important to start with the perceptions and cognitions of the patients before you really can go to the exercise so that i think that's the first step yeah and then the second step like you just asked, is that the case that there is damage um, if you have pain during exercise? Was about um, how do you interpret flare-ups during exercise? Yeah. Because it's quite um, plausible that during exercise there will be some flare-ups. So a flare-up, could you explain what is that? Uh, in fact, yeah, an exacerbation of pain or more pain during and after yeah. exercise. And um, often that will be the case. It's the same, I give the example, if you go skiing for the first time, or for the first time after after five years, then probably the next day you will have like uh, sore knees and you have muscle pain. It's normal yeah. because your body was not used to that anymore and you have given a lot of information coming from the muscles and things like that. So it's quite normal that there is probably some more pain. And especially in those patients, in these chronic pain patients, when the dampening system is not working that well, it's quite obvious that there can be pain during exercise. Yeah. So, but then it's important that they interpret it as a way of my alarm system is too sensitive, mm -hmm. my filtering is not working properly, but in fact, I'm not doing something wrong or I'm not causing further damage. So, this so I'm pretty sure that there will be a patient or two in the world who could say, but how do you know that it is my body? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think um, a lot of research has been done and it's very clear that there is often no clear relation between damage and pain. So the same goes for exercise. And we know that in those patients with chronic pain, a lot of them have really 
a very sensitive alarm system, so it, there is very easily pain without really damage. So it has yeah. been tested. There is evidence for that. That just yeah, we're so not just, crossing that tolerance. Just to level. clarify the jargon again, when you say alarm system, what you refer to is is how the nervous system reacts to stimuli. Or, yeah, yeah. So in this case, to yeah. exercise. So that's indeed the too sensitive brain that is causing pain all the time, even when it's not necessary. Yeah. Are these the? I had a feeling that you were gonna say three, but maybe these were the. Um, it's just because things, good things, always come in threes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I remember from this morning that I had two barriers yeah, that I tried to solve. Yeah. So the first one is really like um, educating the patient yeah. about pain and exercise. The second one was really about uh, how to interpret flare-ups. And then the, maybe a third very important thing is that you really should try to communicate very well with your patient, um, both before and during exercise, that you use consistent language and that you also sell your exercise as something more than only loading muscles and bones, but it also has effects on the brain yeah. that can a bit restore your filter system and things like that. Yeah. And if, if someone was exercising and they didn't get any better, would you suggest they should still exercise? So they're, they're not getting worse, they're just the same. Would you suggest that they should exercise? That's a good question. Um, I think exercise anyway for everyone is beneficial and all the guidelines indicate yeah. that we have to exercise for all kinds of reasons, for mental be well-being, for general condition, for everything. Um, so some kind of physical activity or exercise, I think it's necessary for every one of us. Yeah. Um, if the patient is really not going better regarding pain, yeah, that's possible. I was just in a very interesting session about yeah, clinical phenotyping, clinical classifying your patients, because not everyone is responding um, in the same way to some therapeutic modalities, both to exercise or to drugs or to surgery. So maybe then it's necessary to adapt the exercise, uh, to do something else, uh, use different modalities, different intensities. Um. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, they're, they're really good take-home points. So make sure what your patient is actually thinking about exercise, not just giving them out. Mm -hmm. And make sure they're safe, they feel safe when they do them. And then perhaps if you want to, um, use it as a means of also education so help them when they do exercise yeah. to maybe interpret how they have you know how they feel yeah. about it and help them reduce yeah. the barriers would that yeah. be sort of a good way to summarize yeah, it that's a good summary <laughs> very good perfect yeah. yeah well thank you so much is there anything you want to tell us no not no? really no I'm, I'm further enjoying the conference after this interview i guess so yes yeah. and not in not too far future there will be a welcoming reception as well so i'll be there yeah <laughs> see you there yeah Indeed. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining yeah. us. Thank you.